You are listening to CMDA Matters, the weekly podcast of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Chupp, and I'm so pleased to introduce you today to the newest member of our senior leadership team, a team that is highly dedicated to educating, encouraging, and equipping Christian healthcare professionals to glorify our God. Our new staff leader is Reverend Burt Jones, whom those of you who attended the national convention may remember was our Bible teacher. And he's joined today by Dr. Steve Sartori, who launched the CMDA Life and Leadership Coaching Ministry with the full support of our CEO Emeritus, Dr. David Stevens, back in 2014. With Pastor Burt joining our national team, we are committed to taking coaching and healthcare professional well-being to the next level of impact. And we are adding a focus on leadership and strengthening our support and partnership with the Church of Jesus Christ in the United States and beyond. I invite you now to listen in on my recent conversation with two dear men of God who care deeply about your flourishing as a follower of Christ in healthcare during times like these. Well, today I have an unusual privilege of not having one, but two guests here in the studio with me at CMDA. Dr. Steve Sartori, a family physician from Corbin, Kentucky, who's been on our board of trustees as a, as the money man and secretary formally chosen. So that's a position of, of respect and trust. And I also have Pastor Burt Jones, who's been a friend now for several years and a former staff at CMDA. Uh, what were the years, Burt, when you were here? I was here from about 2005 to 2007. And then went on a, a journey of being a pastor, mm-hmm. um, a, a teaching pastor at at least two churches. Yeah, I went. I left here and went to the uh, to be the CEO of Go International, mm-hmm. an organization that Dave Stevens' father founded. So it was a mission organization. Traveled a lot and still stayed connected with the CMDA. And then went on to pastor a church up in uh, eventually in northern Indiana, where Wood, you, Woodburn, Indiana, where Woodburn you've been Missionary Church for eight years, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. Fairly large church, mm-hmm. really. Uh, one of the larger churches in the missionary church, is, which is the church where I got saved and baptized. So I know about Indiana and the missionary church. Well, Steve, I was first introduced to your name. I had no picture. I had no. I, I knew you were from Corbin, Kentucky, because a mutual friend of ours about 24, 25 years ago, Sam Powdrell decided, a missionary, one of the most gifted technical healthcare professionals I've ever known, said, Mike, I was um, getting doing my electives during my physician assistant training, and I got to be placed in this family practice in Corbin, Kentucky, with this Steve Sartori, who is the most amazing preceptor, taught me so much. That was at the beginning, and then more recently, another good missionary. This is like the tale of two missionaries for Steve Sartori. Another missionary friend, uh, a mutual friend of ours, told me that you had coached him and he was at a really a fork in the road, wasn't sure what to do. And you helped him through coaching, seasoned coach, um, help him make a decision. And now a year or two later, he said, it was just the best decision. Dr. Steve Sortori helped me make a great decision. I'm so happy in this decision back in clinical medicine. Uh, so 
welcome and thank you for serving CMDA in the coaching, a first coaching ministry and now Center for Wellbeing. Just give us a brief overview of seven years of a ministry that probably 10, 15 years ago you had no idea was coming. Thanks for that invitation, Mike. It's been an absolute joyful journey. It, it really has. You know, when I had an inflection point in life and leaving clinical practice and taking a sabbatical and discerning what to do, I was connected with Ken Jones, a coach for CMDA. And through that experience, I became absolutely convinced that we needed more of Ken Jones, or at least more of the coaching to help doctors as they navigate transitions and move into leadership and make challenging decisions about their family and their professional lives. And so I came to CMDA, actually invited to take a staff position. I, it was one of my options. And I looked at Dave Stevens and I said, Dave, thanks for the offer. I don't want the job. I said, but if you created a position that would amplify coaching across CMDA, I would take that job today. He said, okay. I mean, no further conversation. He said, I'll give you some seed money. Let's get going. So we started formalizing the coaching ministry that Ken had been doing informally for years. That was the liftoff point. And then the next several years, building a team, working with wonderful people. And then gradually over the next four years, we decided and learned from our experience that well-being and burnout and the challenges of the demands of a professional physician life were overwhelming so many. Not just do you read about it in the medical journals, but within our own organization. So we then created the Center for Wellbeing, hoping to expand our footprint, not only to coaching, but to some other opportunities to step into the wellbeing space. So that was 2018, and now here we are three years later. I kind of look at it as uh, infancy being the first four years, adolescence the next three, and now with Bert coming on board, I'm, I'm looking forward to really moving into adulthood with the That's Center for Wellbeing. Young, young adults together. Yes. So where is this Center for Wellbeing? I get asked that sometimes, Steve. Where is it? I mean, what are you looking for? A geographic location? I mean, it's a it's an entity, it's a it's a concept, it's a it's a way that we bring things together to help facilitate growth and well-being, development, especially at the spiritual core for our members to help them grow in their relationship with Jesus because we all know that well-being is absolutely rooted in the way we view the world, in our mindset, in the way we look at ourselves. And from a Christian worldview, when we look at how God made us and prepared us for what we do and that what did he have in mind when he made each of us? It may have been being a doctor, of course, that's what we do, but who we are is so much more important. So the center of well-being helps us to recall that which is most important, most fundamental, most foundational of our existence, not what we accomplish through medicine, but who we are in Christ. And then he does good things through us, and it's a wonderful thing. About a year ago, I remember, I think it was May, as the COVID pandemic was taking off, physicians, other nurses, we, there were some deaths across the country among healthcare professionals because of COVID. We began to think about how could we come along as CMDA to support members and others uh, who are volunteering because of the stresses involved, uh, as if burnout wasn't already bad enough, then came COVID-19. And so in June, I think we did uh, some surveys. What is it that you learned and the rest of your team learned about Christians in healthcare in terms of uh, the COVID crisis and burnout versus those who are not of faith? What do you think we learned then? We participated with a survey and gathered some data actually, which allowed us to analyze the importance of faith. And we realized that during times of crisis or challenge, faith 
often is amplified. People look to God. Those who don't believe tend to look for God. Those who do believe tend to look more intently at God. We heard from Philip Yancey at the National Convention about how we turn up our hearing aids. We turn them up Mm -hmm. and we listen to God more when times are tough. That's what happened. And so in many ways, a crisis can also be an opportunity. It can be an opportunity for us to absolutely grow in our faith. So I think that our organization, in a strange sort of way, Mike, benefited. I think it brought us closer together. Even though we were apart physically, it brought us closer together in trusting God. I think Christians tend to rise to the occasion when they're called to do things in difficulty and crisis. I mean, Christians are the ones that historically have shown up during the bubonic plague. They've shown up during times of pandemics. And once again, I really believe our organization and its members stepped into the fray. They were not afraid. They were not afraid. They got out there and they did the work that needed to be done. And we heard testimonies of that even at our national convention. So it's been a difficult and yet positive thing. And so it's not a surprise to you. I think we saw that while overall well-being may have gone down a little bit in that category of spiritual well-being, I mean, it wasn't just a few stories here and there. It was actually statistically relevant that spiritual well-being was going up. Indeed. Absolutely. So how have in the past our members, Christians in healthcare, gotten involved in the Center for Well-Being, and how do you see them continuing and maybe increasing their involvement, whether it's coaching or OASIS kinds of meetings, or uh, how do you see the, the future for the Center for Well-Being? You know, I think we're going to continue to build on the touch points that we have with our members. And and over the seven years, you know, we've built uh, touch points among a variety of mechanisms, and we've developed probably Oh, I'd say close to 2,000 touch points with our members. By that, I mean they've either been coached, they've been trained in coaching, they've participated in one of our webinars or perhaps the retreat we hosted in St. Louis. Uh, We were the speakers at the West Coast Conference. So they're hearing things. They're hearing content regarding the subject of well-being. They're being coached, so they actually learn to apply experientially in real time in their own lives at a personal targeted level how to practice concepts of well-being, and they're learning how to help others, which is one of the most exciting pieces for me, is that we're discipling, we're duplicating our efforts, we're we're multiplying our efforts. We're helping people help others. And so we have probably 200 people out there who have been trained in some of the basic skills of listening and providing peer support, asking good questions, being present with someone, Community is so important. Your well-being depends on the quality of your relationships with God and with others and with yourself. Well, as you know, Steve, I was one of your students here earlier this year. Finally got to set aside Monday evenings, I think it was, and I went through the coaching class. And I think what I heard from you and Ann Sen and Ken Jones, all three of the teachers, was that the COVID crisis turned out to be an open door in which you realized that this was a great tool and avenue. Zoom was an actually a much better opportunity to do coaching training and that maybe people would be even more avail themselves to this training because of Zoom. Yeah, it was one of the best things that happened to us. We could have never imagined. But, you know, when you host a conference on site, there's a lot of logistics and challenges and people can't come because of their schedules or call. But when you host a longitudinal evening course over six weeks, 
It's amazing. Suddenly, you open the world up to anyone. In fact, we did one internationally. We trained 16 international physician leaders around the same time you were taking class. We were doing two classes concurrently, and it was a hoot. We just really enjoyed it. So it did open the door for more people to participate in the training. And we've also discovered that training, when you do it sort of in a in a bolus form or, or really feeding people a lot in a hurry tends to get lost, you know, fast in, fast out oftentimes. But when you drip it in over a period of time, it tends to stick better when you reinforce it week after week after week. So we've actually come to be convinced that the longitudinal two-hour little stints on Zoom have worked better for the learning for our students and our learners. It's been a good experience. Well, I shall not forget the acronym GROW. That was, that's the acronym that I learned from the class. You know, what are your goals? Uh, what's the current reality? What are the obstacles or opportunities? And then, and then finally, you know, what's the win? You know, wh- where are we going from here? Mm-hmm. Very, very simple, but very powerful. Simple models are very helpful. We love teaching models of how frameworks can help us think through issues when we're having conversations. And even that coach model where we know what's the structure of a coaching conversation. I was talking to Bert about that yesterday. In fact, we were playing around with it a little bit. What does it look like to go through a really purposeful, meaningful conversation that produces something at the end of it? It's intentional. Well, let's segue here from where we are now. And, you know, for a couple of years, you've been threatening, <laughs> threatening it's, it's time to hang up my leadership uh, shingle and uh, just focus on coaching or something else, Mike, um, about a new leader. And uh, so we've prayed and talked and your wife, Chris, has been very patient as we've worked through this. And then on, onto the radar came Pastor Burt Jones. And many of our listeners will uh, recognize uh, Burt Jones, uh, if not from the most recent national convention as our Bible teacher, but also from the past. He has done governance training for our board of trustees in the past, at least uh, once, maybe more than that. And his name is on the front cover of, uh, of, a, of a couple of books uh, that have been written, uh, co-written with Dave Stevens. So welcome to CMDA Matters. I have a feeling this is the beginning of a journey together, Bert. I'm very excited about the opportunity to be here and to serve and to be a part of this great team. So we've given you the title, not Director of Center for Well-Being per Mm -hmm. se, but Director of Leadership and Church Relations. That's right. Leadership has played a big role and interest of yours, hasn't it? It's been a huge interest of mine. Um, You know, I recognized years ago that leadership was the God factor that made a difference. You know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You looked at the history of the children of Israel when there was a great leader, they did great things, they followed God. When there wasn't a great leader, they, they things went south. God was consistent. Uh, when you have great, strong leaders, it makes a difference in an organization. And I think I've heard that somewhere. I've attended a few global leadership summits, and they say when leaders get better, everybody gets right. <laughs> everything gets better. Well, also, this church relations, and uh, just want our listeners to know we've had now for a few years a church commission whose sole project has involved developing a bioethics curriculum for lay people in the church, possibly led by healthcare professionals. And that commission now, just recently, the board approved it to come in-house as an advisory council to you. So how do you see that going for the future? Well, I think that the CMDA has a, a tremendous ministry. And as you look at having been a pastor, you know, our, our members, our doctors, our leaders in churches, they play a significant role. They're on elder boards, they're on deacon boards, they're on leadership teams, they teach Sunday school. And, and when I was here before and launched the Leadership and Church Relations Ministries uh, department here at, at CMDA, I began to notice, okay, how do we engage these 
leaders into their local churches? And how do you take this great ministry like CMDA and impact the local church? There's a lot of ways that we can interface with things that pastors are struggling with, churches are struggling with, and become a resource. And so I think the Bridging the Gap curriculum will be a tremendous way to kind of intersect faith and theology and science and the expertise of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. So when I've heard a number of people here in Bristol, Tri-Cities area talk about Pastor Burt Jones from the past, they say there was this massive pastor's conference, probably the biggest ever that happened here at headquarters. Right. How, how did that come about? Well, again, we're just trying to connect with pastors and leaders and kind of share the ministry, the resources that are available here through the CMDA. As as it's been said to me several times, I think that the CMDA resource to the local church is really one of the best kept secrets, and as well as the Center for Wellbeing. There's, there's so many great ministries here that a lot of people aren't engaging in or are fully taking advantage of. And so our goal was to kind of connect with pastors and tell them the resources that we had available uh, at their disposal. And we, we had up to, to about 150 people that gathered together, pastors that came in locally, regionally, and some from out of state to be a part of that conference. So those listening, whether physicians, dentists, or other healthcare professionals who are hearing maybe for the first time about this bioethics bridging the gap curriculum, as we're calling it, how can they get involved? Well, we're in the process right now of, of with that commission now being advisory council, kind of doing some final refining on that project. It's, it's the curriculum is written. We're trying to kind of get it out to uh, leaders and our members. If they contact us here at the CMDA, we can get them access to that curriculum and, and give them some insight on how they can use it, some tips and things like that as we continue to beta test it as it gets used in local churches. Now, let's, let's, let's bring my two guests together here. So coaching isn't something necessarily, Bert, that has been a part of your past. And certainly, I was introduced in Greece, actually, Ken Jones. I sat under Ken Jones, and I'm like, wait a second, that's not coaching as I understand it. And I know maybe you've had some of the same response, Bert. So this coaching ministry, what do you think about it? Well, as I said a moment ago, I think it's one of the best kept secrets in the CMDA. I have loved, for the last month or so, as I've been getting ready to transition, Dr. Steve has allowed me to sit in on, on some of their staff weekly staff meetings, and it has just been, I wish everyone at CMDA could have that opportunity just to sit in and listen to Ken and Ann and Steve as they just, as they talk, and some of this, the pearls and nuggets that just kind of come out of, of their conversations about coaching. So it's been very intriguing to me. It's been very interesting. I've learned as a pastor, as I look back over the last 33 years of full-time Christian ministry, that some of my favorite times have been not just counseling situations, but just taking leaders and trying to help invest in them. And the more I hear about this idea of coaching, well-being, how we can engage people to be healthy, healthy leaders lead healthy organizations. And uh, if we don't have healthy leaders, then their organizations aren't going to be healthy. So it's a, it's a way we can help invest. Leadership is influence. And so I just love the idea of the Center for Well-Being investing in leaders of influence, influencers in our organization here at the Christian Medical and Dental Association, their local churches, their hospitals, everywhere. Well, as we kind of wrap up this conversation today, I, I wanted to give an example. You know, when we think about coaching in the Center for Wellbeing, at least when I started this 501 coaching class, I was thinking, okay, this is about peer-to-peer. This is working with students, residents, and coaching them and so forth. But really, it applies in all the relationships in our lives. And so I was toward the end of the coaching class, Steve, and sitting at the dinner table, and my youngest daughter says, Dad, what's this coaching thing all about? And uh, my wife said, yeah, honey, why don't you coach her? 
And I said, well, okay. Well, it just so happens she's just been frustrated with, she's finishing her first year of college. And she's just, I don't know what to do. So I said, okay, let's kick into the coaching mode. What have I learned? You know, what have they taught me? And so I started asking questions. And frankly, I know what I normally would have done before the coaching class. I normally would have started giving direction and instruction and guidance. Instead, using the coach approach model, I started asking some key questions. And lo and behold, half an hour, she had decided that what she really wanted in life was to become an elementary school teacher, Mm -hmm. not a physical therapy assistant. And all of that was, frankly, I don't know if that would have been the outcome if I hadn't used a coach approach in, in the interaction with my youngest daughter, who's 19 now. And she's now on that path. All that came from my wife saying, yeah, 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 show us how this works. (laughs) What a marvelous testimony. Thanks for sharing that. Those kinds of stories uh, just help to encourage us that people are using this. When you think of all the people who have had coach training, that kind of story is being reproduced at hundreds of households around our organization. That's delightful. Well, anything else, Dr. Sartori or Pastor Burt Jones, that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I think today, uh, if, if, if you, you're listening to this and you're interested in the idea of coaching and maybe how you can have a conversation like with a friend or a loved one around your table, we have a, another coaching session coming up here in October. Uh, you can check out the website and sign up. We'd love to have you be a part of that coach approach ministry here at CMDA. And I am just absolutely excited about Bert. We've been hanging out here for a while and learning from each other. Leaders are learners, okay? Leaders are learners. And I've noticed that Bert has a curiosity that's going to serve him well. When he sits in in our meetings, he listens a lot. He's learning. And he asks me questions, good questions, all day long yesterday. And we had conversations. And I came away and I sent him an email last night. And I said, Bert, you said seven things that are just going to stick with me. In fact, eight. Hmm. I wanted to make it seven because that was a better number. But it <laughs> turned out to be number. eight. You got a bonus, you good. know, that there were eight things that I just couldn't let go of. I said, these things excite me. You know, I'm excited about the future of the Center for Wellbeing because Bert is getting it. And you're not going very far. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but Dr. Sartori is going to remain with our coaching team, uh, Dr. Ann Sen and Pastor Ken Jones, who trained and mentored and coached Steve in the beginning, and then Steve Sartori. I want to thank you, Dr. Sartori, for seven years of faithfulness at CMDA and for growing this ministry. It's, it's self-sustaining, uh, coaching is, and it just has been good leadership and good management of yours. Well, I appreciate the encouragement. You know, the leadership at CMDA has continued to encourage this entire ministry. Dave Stevens got it started without even knowing anything about it, took a, took a leap of faith. And then you picked it up and began to learn about it and grow it. So thanks for the support that you all have given to financially and spiritually and being mentors and encouragers. We just, we just couldn't do this without the organizational support we have received. Thank you, Steve. It's been a privilege and a joy. Thank you, Pastor Jones, for joining us today. Thank you. 